told you guys like, I told you guys about a week ago, uh, a week ago, <laughs> about a month ago that uh, your boy Takashi's career was about to be bigger than ever before, right? So him and Nicki Minaj got a new song coming out. Like, go to Nicki Minaj's Instagram and Takashi's Instagram. They got pictures posted. I posted a snapshot in my community tab. Nicki looking kind of right. <laughs> Nicki looking kind of right. But uh, they got a new song coming out called Trolls or something like that. And I think they said they're going to be donating proceeds from the money to help people make bail or something. But <sighs> I told y'all. I was having this, I was at the barbershop earlier, you know what I'm saying? I had to, had to get my post-quarantine haircut. I gotta go take some, I gotta go do something tomorrow, so I had to get a haircut. But uh, I mean, the barbers, they was in there talking to these youngins. They was talking about NBA young boy, Kodak Black, comparing them to cats from my generation in the 90s. And one of these old cats, probably a little older than me, was like, Man, Takashi, they could never get away with that crap in the 90s, man, with all this snitching and then coming back to having a career. I'm looking at this old dude. Like I said, he's only a couple years older than me. Probably, he probably, probably around like 44 or something. I be looking at some of these old dudes, man, because, you know, I'm guilty of doing this at one point until I had to come to the reality. It's like, dude, we're not in the 90s anymore. We had our time. It was fun. The golden era was fun, ladies and gentlemen. We had, we had so-called standards back then where if you were a hip-hop artist, your main mission in life was to sound as original as possible. You didn't want to sound like anybody else. You wanted your own unique style and flow. And if somebody sounded like you, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a form of treason to be considered biting somebody else's style back then. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, dude, this is not how these youngins rock, man. They're all about sounding like who's hot and then doing whatever you got to do to get your, your so-called clout up by any means necessary. It's Akashi. Like him, love him, hate him, however you feel about the dude. He is probably the poster child for this right now. I mean, like I said, we all know the story. Your man's was looking at like 47 years in prison snitched on his whole crew <laughs> and came home to a record deal for like $10 million, then dropped some music video talking about how he's a snitch and he's embracing the snitch logo. And, you know, people are, you know, people was talking all this crazy stuff. His career is going to be over with. Nobody's going to mess with him. Dude, he just, he just finished doing a video with Nicki Minaj, man, a brand new song. Like, like I said, go to, go to his Instagram and go to her Instagram. They got pictures all up. You know, he, got, he still got his little house arrest ankle, ankle bracelet on. And uh, like I say, but Nikki, whew, good Lord, she's looking kind of right in that picture, though. The one I posted, I was like, good googly moogly. But, um, yeah, had to, had, to, had to do a little something. Had to, had to show y'all what's really going on out here, you know what I'm saying, for Team Light Skin, you know what I'm saying? Don't let the curls fool you, baby. Don't let the curls fool you. <laughs> but, uh... We're in a different era, man. We're in a different era. You know what I'm saying? So I guess my message to all you old heads who are around my age, 
when we came up on 90s hip-hop, y'all got to let that go. Y'all got to let the standards of yesteryear go. Like I said, we had our run. It was fun. We had a lot of great music. We had a lot of great laughs. We had a lot of great times. You know what I'm saying? A lot of classic hip-hop albums came out during the 90s that will never be forgotten. We'll probably be playing that music till we're all old and wrinkly, sitting in our rocking chair somewhere. Because <laughs> I know I will. I'll be like, if I, if I make it to live to see like 80 years old, I'm still going to be playing The Chronic. I'm still going to be playing Outkast, Equimini, or AT Aliens, or, you know, you name it, whatever. I'm, I'm going to be playing it. You know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang and all that crap. But our time has passed, man. These youngins, they on some other stuff now. You know what I'm saying? Like back in our day, there is no way in the world you can be out there snitching on your peoples and then come home and still have a successful record career. You, you probably wouldn't even be able to come home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't live in that era. This era is all about who can drum up the most attention regardless of your talent. And if you can command attention, you can, um, you, you can get it popping. Like, I know there's one real talented artist, right, from Augusta, Georgia, he goes by the name of Floyd in the Sky, F-L-O-Y-D in the Sky. Like, that's his actual name. Floyd was his name before, you know, George Floyd and all that kicked off. Anyway, this guy is super talented. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying it because I know the dude, but I'm, like, legit saying that the brother, like, really has skills. And his voice, he actually sounds like Andre 3000. Like, people actually think if you were just to hear him rap, you would swear this was Andre 3000 rapping. Like, he sounds just like this dude. And has a similar flow, and they just happen to both be from Georgia. And at one time, I think I asked him once, I was like, dude, are you related to him? Because you like like his 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 son he never claimed or something? Because this is like too much of a doggone coincidence for you to favor this dude so much. But anyways, I know he just put out some new music. I saw him, uh, I follow him on Instagram and IG, uh, uh, YouTube. I haven't seen him in like years, though. But he's like one of these really super talented creative dudes, right? Like really into the music, like... You know, it's kind of hard to describe. He's one of them dudes, but he's like really talented with his craft. But I look at him, like I'm a fan of his music because he makes really good music. But I'm like, I don't know if he'll ever blow up, blow up because he doesn't have all the wild, crazy antics that a lot of these youngins, like he ain't out there with all kind of, you know, necklaces on his neck and he ain't out there holding money phones up. I mean, I'm pretty sure every, every last one of y'all know somebody like that in your city who's like super talented at rap or whatever, but they might not make it because they're just not, they haven't mastered how to be a clown on social media to attract attention to them. And I guess what I'm saying is in this era, or at least back in the 90s, you know, you had to have talent to be an artist. Even the wackest artist of the 90s still had a had a little bit of talent to get put on like you like take like let's just take the wackest artist let's see like think of a whack artist from the 90s that had like a hit song like a one hit song or something uh i'm trying to think you, you could say somebody like vanilla ice um anyways it's probably a whole bunch of them right but uh Coolio. Well, Coolio wasn't a one-hit wonder. He had a couple cuts. I'm talking about like a true, legit one-hit wonder. Y'all remember, uh, what's his name? Apache. 
He had that song, I want a gangster bitch, a gangster boogie with my gangster bitch. Y'all remember that song from back in the day? He was like a one-hit wonder. He used to roll with Queen Latifah and the Flavor Unit back in the day. I think it was from like Jersey. I want to say that dude died, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he had that one song. It was real popular back in the day. You know, when it first came out, Silk the Shocker. There it is, right? Well, I don't know if you can really classify Silk because, you know, Silk the Shocker got on because of who his brother is. You know what I'm saying? But Silk still sold. He still went platinum. But I'm talking about somebody who didn't have a connection to a Master P because if it wasn't for Master P, I highly doubt Silk the Shocker would have got put on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta give all that credit to his brother. But um, anyways, there was a whole bunch of them back in the day. But regardless, you still had to have some kind of skill to get put on. You know what I'm saying? Because you didn't have the internet. We didn't have the internet popping nowhere near. We didn't have social media pop. Well, we didn't have social media at all. So you had to have some kind of skill. And you had to, you had to have shop your music around, get your little street teams together, and really, and really go out there and, and sell your craft so you can get put on. Nowadays, all you need is your phone. That's it. You need your phone and an internet connection, and you could be the next biggest thing in, in hip-hop for the most part. You know what I'm saying? And so, what the heck is that on my ceiling? So, at the end of the day, what I was saying is, um, I'm looking at my ceiling, man. Look like my son done threw something. It's like something. Some, what is it? Look at this. You see this? I don't know what's going on here. It's like my, I think my son splashed something up there, and I'm just now noticing it because I'm sitting up here in my loft, and I don't ever be up here. But, um... So, anyways, getting back to what I was saying with your boy Takashi, like I said, he got this song with Nicki Minaj that's about to come out called Trolls. And like I say, when he first got out, he dropped that video. I was like, yo, he's about to be a bigger star than ever before. And I think it's gonna come true. I think this dude's gonna be a bigger star. I seen Academics, DJ Academics in the comments saying that he got a song with a well-known, quote-unquote, gangster rapper that's gonna be coming out after this. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing, all this snitching and, you know, when Cameron said it back in the, the early 2000s when he was rolling with Dipset, dude, those days are long gone, B. It ain't, no, nobody, there is no honor amongst these, all this snitching crap. Dude, it's all about who can get views to generate money. And your man Takashi, like I say, hate him or love him, that dude is the king of attracting attention to himself. And big artists like Nicki Minaj who can get her own attention, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go do music with this dude and he's gonna have a thriving career moving forward because it's all about attention and views. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where we're at with music, especially as it relates to these these uh these little so-called rappers these days. So all you old fuddy-duddies out there who are like me, who grew up in the 90s hip-hop, or if you came up in the 80s era or whatever, dude, we got to accept that the game done changed. <laughs> Wait, you say him and Akon are doing a song together? Really? Look, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it. I, I seen somebody talking about Akon recently. I don't know if it was in reference to him, but I, I seen some people mention Akon's name 
uh, not too long ago. I want to say like a couple days ago. I just, I can't remember what it was in reference to. But maybe that's it. I don't know. But I know for sure Nikki because I posted the picture and uh, on, on, on my community tab. But, but regardless, you're going to see a whole bunch of other artists coming around that are going to start messing with this dude. And it's going to be like he never snitched. All this, all this never mattered. And all he got to do was just make some catchy beats. Because, you know, his last song he came out with, the one he just did when he came out of jail, he had a nice little beat to it. And like I said, I'm not, I can't really get into his music, but I can see the beat. The beat was something that you can kind of bob your head to because it's like a lot of these young cats, I'm not a fan of their lyrics, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like they don't know how to make some catchy beats. Like some of them actually are really talented at these so-called trap beats. And some of them trap beats, they'll kind of, after a while, they'll kind of they'll kind of wear on you. <laughs> they'll kind of wear on you. Be like, yeah, I'm not a fan of this mumble and pill popping crap, but man, this is a nice beat. It's kind of like how the Migos wore me down after a while. Like I never really got into the Migos when they first came out, but then I kept hearing their songs over and over, and then I was like, oh, that's not actually that's actually not a bad beat. The next thing I know, I found myself singing the hook, you know. What was the one? Especially that one song. What was it T-shirt? Mama told me not to sell work. Seven was seven something seventeen hundred. Whatever. I can't remember. Y'all know what I'm talking about the T-shirt song. I actually love that damn song. <laughs> I actually. I'm not gonna front. I'm a Migos fan, but um. But yeah, the beats catch you, man. And so that, that's kind of where we're at. So you get catchy beats, and then you got. A bunch of no talent people rapping on catchy beats and then they know how to command attention well guess what this is going to attract everybody else to work with them so slippery from the Migos. look i'm a fan of the Migos. i mean look it took me a while to really like okay here, here's how it worked i remember i first heard the Migos probably back in back in like 2009 or 2010 this is when all three of them when they were doing that song versace 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 I was like, what the heck is this? And then they used to play it so much, I found myself saying, Versace, Versace, Versace? So I started listening to them. I was like, okay. I would like secretly listen to them in my car by myself. And like for the longest, I was like a, I was, I was a closeted Migos fan. And I didn't want to admit to people that I actually liked them. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to come out. I didn't want to come out and admit that I was actually a fan of these dudes. And then when that song, that, that, one, that one song that just took them over the top, um, uh, bad and bougie. Like, I think that was like their biggest song to date. I was like, okay, everybody else likes them. I think I can, I think I can say I like the Migos, but I actually like them though, because they actually have their own unique style that everybody else has been biting for the longest. So they're actually originators with their style, and I just, they just kind of, they're just like real catchy to me. You know what I'm saying? But um, but regardless of that. You know, you got all this other crap going on, but it's all about the attention, man. So everybody, yeah, walk it like I walk it like you're talking. I love that song too. <laughs> I love the video too. I thought the video was pretty cool. But um This is where we're at though. So that's one of my favorite Migos. Look, they got some good songs now. Like, okay, my favorite one of the Migos is Takeoff. The dude that wear the glasses, uh Quavo's nephew, because you know all three of them dudes are related, right? Quavo is Takeoff's uncle, and then Quavo and Takeoff are the cousin 
of uh, the dude that's married to Cardi B. So they're all related. But the dude take off, that dude can actually rap. I mean, like legit, really rap. I, you know, I don't, I don't know why he doesn't get this. He used to be, he used to get a lot of shine before that bad and bougie song took off. But I, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why he's not like the lead man of the group anymore. But once upon a time he was when that other dude was in jail. The one that keeps going to jail all the time, whatever his name is. But that dude can actually rap. Go let's go look up a song called um, Commando by Migos. C-O-M-M-A-N-D-O, Commando. And Takeoff does the first verse. Just listen to this dude's flow. This dude is amazing. I don't know why he doesn't get more props. <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand it, but whatever. You said Jay-Z... 88 Bricks, he got another album coming out. Look, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of old Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life Jay-Z, Blueprint One Jay-Z. Uh, what else? In My Lifetime Jay-Z. And uh, The Dynasty Jay-Z. I'm a fan of those Jay-Z's. Some of these other Jay-Z's after that, it's like hit or miss with this dude. You know what I'm saying? He might have, like, like I bought his last album. What was it? Magna Carta. I had bought that album. I was disappointed. There was only like three songs on the entire album that I liked. <laughs> but he's like, Jay-Z's like hit or miss with me, man. I didn't get into the 444 thing. I didn't really listen to that album. I was like, whatever. But... Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know, maybe because my style of music changed or, I don't know. I just, I don't know, Jay-Z's hit or miss with me, man. So, I'm not, like, anticipating a new Jay-Z album. It's like, if it comes out, it comes out, whatever. <sighs> so, they met up somewhere secret. Man, they probably met at wherever he lives at. Yeah, that's where we're at, though. So don't be surprised if Takashi becomes, like, one of the biggest artists over this over the rest of this year. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's going to want to do songs with this dude, regardless of how they feel about snitching and keeping it real. <laughs> that, stuff, that stuff is gone, B. We are, we are long past the days of keeping it real. I said, when, when dude kept mumbling and then Joe Budden, what? Walked off, I was done. Ever since I found out I was 16% black. Hey, Joe Biden's in here, y'all. Shout out to Joe Biden. Nah, Takashi ain't done. Look, look, I'm trying to tell y'all. Listen, I'm the great G Dizzle, the great G Dini. I predict the future on everything. I've told you guys, I predicted everything in life, right? Takashi is about to become one of the biggest artists this year. Why? Because his ability to attract attention is unmatched by anybody out there. Everybody wants to see what he's doing, what's going on. Nobody abides by this snitching stuff. That stuff is out the window. That stuff from my era, you know, 90s, 80s, well, 90s and early 2000s. We're long past those days. This is all about who can attract attention. Remember, remember his live stream? What, how many people he had watching him on live stream? Like two or three million people? 
Come on, man. What does that tell you right there? And I think he said he's going live tomorrow. I wouldn't doubt it if he does another million plus tomorrow. And so you're going to sit here and tell me a dude in this era where everything is about views and attention, a person who can get one million plus people to watch him live on Instagram. You think people are going to pass up this opportunity to try to get a cosign from this dude? Come on, man. I mean, that's the new currency now. Ain't nobody selling albums like they used to, where you could sell a million albums in a week. Who's the last rapper to do that? Lil Wayne on the Carter 3 that I can re immediately recall? You know what I'm saying? It's all about streamings. It's all about streams and views now. So he can't, what? Well, hold up. He can't get a feature yet. He got Nicki Minaj doing a song with him. <laughs> go look it up on Instagram. Or just go to my, my community tab. I posted a picture. They just, they just got finished taking pics for a music video they're about to do. And Nicki Minaj, her career ain't over with yet. She still got a huge following. The Barbs or whatever the heck they call themselves. That chick got a huge dedicated following out there. So she ain't going nowhere no time soon. And Nicki, she can actually rap if she really wants to. But... She ain't going nowhere. So, you know, that's just going to open the door for other people. Like, well, I guess snitching ain't bad. Takashi ain't that bad. Hey, look at all the views he get, man. I can get me some attention. Let me go ahead and do a song with him. I'm telling you, you're going to see this start happening, man. You're going to see other big name artists do songs with this dude. You know what I'm saying? And then she's probably the biggest. She's one of the biggest artists out there, and she's doing a song with him. Carter 3 sold 1.1 million in the first week. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I had bought the Carter 3 when it first came out. I actually liked that album. Was that? that was the one with Lollipop on it. Static, what's his name? Uh, Static, um, the dude that died, who did the beat, who was part of the group Cheers. Or what was that group? Remember they did that song? Cheers to you for giving me a chance. I'll be your angel. Anyways, that dude Static, he did the beat to Candyman, uh, uh, Lick You Like a Lollipop, whatever that song is called. You know what I'm saying? Nikki says she was retiring. Look, I don't, I don't, look, Nikki ain't going nowhere, dude. You know, Nikki ain't going nowhere. I mean, she might retire, have a baby or something. I don't know, but she ain't retiring because she's being forced out. Yeah, Playa, that was the name of the group, Playa. That song, Cheers to You, that was like, I think that song came out like when I was in high school, like 98. Everybody was singing that damn song. Cheers to you. Y'all youngers don't know nothing about the player, boy. What do you say, eh? Hey, hey. Y'all don't know nothing about some player. So, that's kind of how this thing's gonna flow, y'all. Your man's Takashi is rewriting the rules to hip hop. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Drake do a song with this dude. You know what I'm saying? Somebody wants to know, who am I? I'm the person you're watching on YouTube right now. Uh, 
We said that was back in 2005, 2001. Oh, Bet Money, what? His album flop? Uh, how do you define flop in this era? Because, you know, we could define flop back in the 90s and early 2000s, meaning you didn't, you didn't go gold or you didn't go platinum. How do you define flop now when everything is based off of streams? Like, is there a, is there a cutoff for the streams? If you don't do 10 million streams in one day, you flop? Like, how does it work with streams now? I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the protocol is. Oh, it's under 30,000 streams. Now, how is that based? Is that based off a, a week, a week's time frame, a day or a month? Like, how does that work? Because I'm pretty sure Takashi could probably pull 30,000 streams in one day. On oh, the first week, dude, I think you can, listen, dude. I think it's highly possible to do 30,000 streams in one week, uh, in one day. You know what I'm saying? All you, all you got to do is just tell your people watching you on Instagram, go stream my music right now. And then all they got to do is just switch over and hit the button. Boom. <laughs> and there you go. You can get your 30,000 streams because he can get a million views in one li Instagram live. And then how many views did his video get on YouTube the first day? He did more views in one day than Eminem did. I think he has the record for the most views in one day on a video. I can't remember what the number was, but it was it was into the tens of millions. If not, I don't know if it broke 100 million in one day, but it was into the tens of millions of views for being on YouTube for one day. So one million streams is the equivalent to 40,000 albums sold. He said, "You, I hate the 6ix9ine fans more than 6ix9ine himself. <laughs> Look, 6ix9ine got a lot of fans, a lot of celebrity fans. Two million Instagram for his first one since release The Honeymoon. I, listen, I'm trying to tell you, I don't think so. I think it's just getting started. Says, while you streaming, talking about rappers, stream something cool and have convos, you'll get big. Uh, okay, thanks for the advice, werewolf. So I'm talking about something. I'm talking about some cool combos right now. How you love that? How many how many subs you got, Werewolf? <laughs> werewolf, how you gonna come on here and tell me how to run my YouTube channel? Do you even have five people sub to you that watch you? Like before you before you start coming over here talking to me, let's 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 get your numbers up first. Then you can give me advice on how to get bigger. Says, be ready. I'm dropping my mixtape. Okay, okay. Uh, you don't post anymore. Why? Because nobody was watching you. That's that's why. Okay, that's the only reason people stop posting to YouTube is when nobody's watching them. In case you didn't know that. <laughs> nobody just comes to YouTube, racks up a thousand plus fans, and then decides, you know what? I'm done posting to YouTube. That's not how it works. People stop posting to YouTube because nobody's watching them. <sighs> Where's the video? I don't know. Shoot, it ain't on my channel. I'm here to run my mouth. That's all. I just posted a picture of him and Nicki Minaj. So, so this is how this is going to work. 
great uh who said that? Who was our Great Britain? Is that it's gonna work, player? <laughs> says I feel bad for six nine. What's the point of being a rapper if you can't enjoy your success? Can't even go to LA and smoke with Snoop. Look. I guess. I don't know. I mean he'll he'll enjoy his success. Uh, once he gets off house arrest, look, I, you know, I just don't think anything's going to happen to this dude. Like I said, we live in a different era. He got a lot of fans all across the country. I, I, you know, listen, I'm trying to tell y'all this, this so-called gangster era we came up in, in in the nineties, that, that doesn't exist anymore, dude. Everybody's a gangster online. Everybody, you know, getting gangster these days is talking tough in the in the comment section on Instagram. You know, we're not we're not back in those days. A Snoop Dogg, he's he's a damn grandpa now. Snoop Dogg is not about to revert back to the 1993 Snoop Dogg when he was on trial for murder. <laughs> those days are long gone. This joke would be out here hanging out with Martha Stewart baking cookies and shit. That the Snoop Dogg of the 90s, murder was the case that me gave me. That Snoop Dogg left the building years ago, ladies and gentlemen. So, ain't nothing gonna happen to Takashi. Even if you do go to LA, ain't nothing gonna happen to this dude. We don't live in those times anymore, man. So, he's scared of his own shadow. Hey, what's up, Grace? Snoop just smokes and cooks. I mean, he should. Snoop is one of the highest paid rappers in history. That dude is like worth over well over $100 million. He should be chilling. He got, he got grandkids now. He got mistresses. He should be chilling. You know what I'm saying? That joke is in his... Snoop should be about 50 years old by now. It's starting to look every bit of 50. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's worth $150 million? That's a lot of damn money. We're not dealing with murder was the case Snoop Dogg anymore. That Snoop left the building years ago. This tiger thinks he's tough. All them rappers got security guards, B. Every last one of them. The bigger you are, the more security guards you're going to get. And I don't blame them. Got a lot of nutcase fans out there. I don't blame them for having security guards. You know, if you're an entertainer like that, you run around here trying to flaunt all your jewels and all your money, it will make sense. Or else you're going to end up like Triple X Tentacion. He ain't had no bodyguards, and y'all see what happened to him about two years ago. Or look at Nipsey Hussle. He ain't had no bodyguards, and y'all see what happened to him last year. I think it's smart if you have a if you have a um, if you have uh, bodyguards. I would. <laughs> I'd have bodyguards if I had that much money, and then all I ever talked about was how much money I had and how much jewelry I got. I'd have bodyguards, too. The hell is y'all talking about? There's a lot of nutcases out there, B. You'd be, you'd be stupid not to have bodyguards, in my opinion. Are they going to go number one? Six Nine and Nikki? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't listen to their music. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Nikki got tens of Nikki got millions on top of millions of fans. He has millions. All they got to do is just go tell the people to go press the uh, go go listen to the music on 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 uh, Spotify or something. Yeah, they'll probably go number one. 
Like I say, look at his YouTubes. The, the, the last video he did when he came out of jail, bragging about being a snitch. Y'all see the numbers that thing did on YouTube in one day? Come on, what do you think the numbers are gonna look like when him and Nicki Minaj get together? And then her fans start watching it just because they want to see Nicki, whether they like him or not. Come on, man. <sighs> Blueface, what do you say? Blueface got canceled. What do he say about George Floyd? Says Nikki is considered an old rapper. So what's the definition of an old rapper now? <laughs> Dude, you could be you could be classified as an old rapper if you made a song two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> like the rules just change so rapidly these days. Like, what's the definition of an old rapper now? An old rapper is somebody who's been in the in the game for a decade. That's an old rapper now? Oh Jesus. Man. <laughs> Man. Then Drake would be an old rapper too. And Drake, Drake is Drake has probably had more hits than any rapper in history. And he's still he's still out there doing his thing. I said DMX. I met DMX at an airport back in 2001. We was on the same plane flying into Orlando. The only reason I noticed him, because there was this fine-ass chick that I kept looking at when I got off the plane. She was walking with DMX. I was like, oh, shit, they go the dog. So I chopped it up with him for about five minutes waiting on our bags. He was pretty cool, though. That was the only time I ever met. That was the one and the only time I met him. My top five favorite rappers. All right. Who are my top? Okay. My top five. It's kind of hard, so... I would say, because, you know, mine isn't based off of sales. Okay, I'll put it like this. My favorite lyricist of all time, straight lyricist, is Ghostface Killer. I don't think anybody is better with lyrical ability than Ghostface Killer. So he's one of them. Andre 3000. I don't think Andre 3000 has ever did a whack song or a whack verse in his entire career. I've never heard him spit a whack verse ever. Who else? Are we doing just solo artists or groups? Because I'd have to throw UGK up in there. I'm a huge U UGK fan. I think UGK is the greatest hip-hop group ever. <laughs> I don't like Eminem. Who else? So what are we up to? Four or three? What'd I say? I said... Ghostface, Andre 3000, UGK. Who else? Ugh, I'm going to have to throw Redman in there. I think Redman is the most underrated hip-hop artist of all time. I love some Redman. So I'm going to have to throw him up in the list. So we're up to four. I got to get one more in. Who would be my number five? Ah, are we going to? Let me see. It's tough, man, because I want to I name somebody. There's a specific rapper I want to name. He isn't the greatest rapper, but in my opinion, he has one of the greatest hip-hop albums that has ever came out in history. And I'm going to, I don't know if I, I can put him on the list because I don't know what the criteria for the list is, but if I had to just put him on based off of what I like about the person, 
I'm going to say Project Pat with his because of his album Mr. Don't Play. Project Pat. <laughs> if you listen to Project Pat's Mr. Don't Play, that is one of the greatest hip hop albums that has ever came out in history. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all will respect Project Pat. He don't have to put out another hot song for the rest of his life. Mr. Don't Play is one of the greatest hip hop albums to ever come out. I ain't even talking about the greatest Southern rap albums. I'm talking about the greatest hip hop albums, period. Is <laughs> Project Pat's Mr. Don't Play. Front to back, amazing. So I can't really base my top five off of lyrical ability. It's, it's all kind of stuff because, like I say, I love Ghostface. Supreme clientele, his lyrical ability, but there are people who can who have made better albums than Ghostface, but his lyrical skill, his lyrical delivery is on nobody's messing with it. Nobody's messing with it. Andre 3000, he has never put out a true solo album, but he has never came whack on any verse I've ever heard. UGK, they're the greatest hip-hop group in my opinion. I love every freaking album they've ever put out i can't get enough of them i listen to so much ugk it is ridiculous i've been a fan of them since like 95 who else i said on that list who else did I, a red man i've been a fan of red man since the early 90s and i think he's the most underrated rapper in hip-hop who don't get nowhere near the respect he deserves his, 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 his lyrical ability and some of his songs are just amazing. And then I said Project Pat because I absolutely love Mr. Don't Play. That album is amazing. <laughs> amazing. So if I had to do it like that, that's how I'd do it. I don't, I don't have any specific criteria. Uh, Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters is the album there, buddy. It said top five groups, UGK, Outkast, 8-Ball, MJG, 3-6 Mafia, Do or Die. Ooh, Do or Die, man. God, I forgot about them. Do or Die was the shit back in the day. I, I really like Do or Die's second album. Heads, was it Heads and Tails or something like that? I really love that album. It's a lot of, man, it's a lot of rappers out there with some good shit from back in the day, man. Like, Twister's first album was amazing. Oh, Jesus. It was a... Bone, their uh, East 1999 album. Come on, man. That's one of the greatest hip-hop albums, too. <laughs> Bone, East 1999 is one of the greatest hip-hop albums. It's probably right below Mr. Don't Play. Mr. Don't Play is above it. But East 1999, oh, Jesus. That thing came out when I was in like the 10th, I'd say 10th or 11th grade. Man, we used to wear that album out front to back, man. Them calling me Mr. Bill Collector. Uh, oh, it came out in 95. What grade was I in in 95? I was going from 9th to 10th grade in 95. Yeah, because I remember Thuggers Ruggers Bone came out my freshman year in high school. And then, yeah, the following year is when East 1999 came out. Yeah, man. 
we had so much good stuff, man. It's, dude, it's hard, man. You know, everybody likes to throw up Biggie, Pac, Jay-Z, and Nas, and Eminem. I've never really been much of a fan of Eminem. I think he's been whack. Honestly, I think Eminem's whack. I've never been a fan of this dude. I mean, he's had a couple songs here and there, like in his early career, in the early 2000s when he first started out. But most of this crap is just garbage to me. Nas, dude, there's only, look, It Was Written was like the only album I really liked by Nas. I know people are like, but but uh, uh, Illmatic and Stillmatic, mm, they were okay. It Was Written was amazing. That's the only album I really liked by Nas. Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, and, and uh, what's the other album that I really liked? I like the Dynasty. That was really good too. Gosh, I like Beanie Siegel too. Oh Jesus, man. Anyways, you know, Jay Z's kind of been hit or miss. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who else? Who else? People be saying Biggie. Look, Ready to Die was amazing. Life After Death was aight, but he only had two albums. I don't even know how people can classify Biggie as one of the greats. Dude only put two albums out, unfortunately. Pac. I like Pac. I really love his Thug Life album. And I like his Ready to Die album. Those are my two favorite albums by Pac. But, um, you know, I, you know I, I think people just classify Pac as one of the greats because of his passion that he exuded. And his wild antics when when he wasn't rapping. Oh, wait, did I confuse it? All Eyes on Me, that's the one I really like. So I like Thug Life and All Eyes on Me. But um, I think people just really gravitated towards Pac because of how wild and crazy and how diverse he was outside of music. Like, even within music. You're over here talking about his crackhead mama, rapping about Brenda got a baby. And he's over here talking about, first of all, Nigga, F the click you claim and all of a sudden, I'm trying not to curse with my sons right here. And then you see him on TV doing a different world. He in the movies. And then he's one minute he's filming a movie. Next minute he's in Atlanta shooting up cops, like literally shooting at the cops. <laughs> so I think people liked him because he embodied so many different characters. He embodied so many different personalities in one being. He'd be pro-black one minute. Super gangster thugged out the next minute. On TV, acting, making movies, doing movies with Janet Jackson the next minute. Talking about thugged out, forgive me, Janet. You know, he was just all over the place. And that's why people liked him, because he was just unpredictable. Which, unfortunately, his unpredictability cost him his life, because if he had never jumped into that fight that had nothing to do with him, he'd probably still be alive today, pushing... 40, pushing 50 years old. But, you know, he lived a wild, fast life and died at 25, so. You know, Wu-Tang, they did that thing. Uh, Method Man is my, well, not Method, Method's dope. But like I say, I'm a fan, I'm a big fan of Ghostface. That's my dude. <laughs> Ain't nobody a better rapper than Ghostface. His skill set. Man, I like Mob Deep. I'm not going to front. I like Mob. I like the Mob. I went, like I said, but they're not my favorites. I mean, I like them. They, they're dope as hell. I used to bump Mob Deep all the time back in the day.
Uh, what's my favorite Ghostface song? Ah, uh, man. I can't think of the name of the song, but it's that one song I think he did on Supreme Clientele with Jada Kiss. Was it on Supreme Clientele? He got a song with Jada Kiss called Run. I think that's the name of the song. I want to say it's on Supreme Clientele, but that's probably my favorite Ghostface song. Who else? There's so many out there, dude. Was it Iron Man? No, it was on... No, he, he did a song with Jada Kiss. And I think the name of the song is called Run. I don't remember exactly what album it was on. I want to say it was Supreme Clientele, if I'm not mistaken. It was Run with Backland and Jada. Yeah, I mean, I love that song, Run. That's, that's my shit. I like his verse on Ice Cream. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. I like his verse on that one, too. Oh, All I Got Is You with Mary J. Blige. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was a hot track, too. Yeah. Ghost is that dude, man. I'm trying to tell you. Ghost is that dude. His lyrical agility is just... It's just ridiculous the way he could just put phrases and words together and like I, I listen to his stuff now i'm just like it was a pretty tony album no it wasn't it, i thought it was on supreme clientele he's had so many albums man i think he put out the most albums from the wu-tang clan so i'd have to actually go back and look it up but i, I know what the song is i just don't remember what album it was on so rock him the god everybody loves rock him I mean, look, Rakim, he's really uh he's not he's not really my era. Meaning Rakim was doing his thing in the eighties with paid in full and all that stuff. But that was really his time to shine was the eighties. And so cats who are like 10, 15 years older than me, they love Rakim because they were teenagers in the eighties. I was a little kid in the eighties, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I remember the song because my uncles used to wear it out. All the time, that and LL Cool J, I'm bad. I think them songs came out around the same time, like 88. So they used to wear them songs out, that and Run DMC. But I was a little kid. I was like 88, 89. I was eight, nine years old. You know what I'm saying? My era is the 90s when I became a teenager. And that's my, not my era. And Rakim really wasn't popping like that in the 90s. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Vanilla Ice made a lot of money. Fuck what you heard. He's still making cheese. He got a show on TV. He go around flipping mansions. Vanilla Ice still paid out in these streets. Looks like you're about to fall asleep, buddy. You tired? My little man about to fall asleep over here. Yeah, he got sued. But he still got money, though. I know everybody used to clown Vanilla Ice. I bet you, I bet you they put Vanilla Ice on today. Y'all be like, "Oh snap, that's the jam right there!" Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Y'all will probably play Vanilla Ice over some of this new crap today. Let's not even front. Let them put Vanilla Ice on, and you got to go out there either listen to some Vanilla Ice or listen to to Lil Whoever's out there. Y'all will be like, "Give me that Vanilla Ice." <laughs> Y'all be out there. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. 
and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Good vibrations. Was that the name of his song? Or did he do another song? Was that? I don't remember what it was. I think that was it. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that 90s whack-ass crap over this crap today any day of the week, man. What was it? CC and the Music Factory. Y'all remember them? <laughs> Who else, man? Nah, they were corny. We had a bunch of corny rappers in the 90s, but some of them had like one hit. They were like one hit wonders, man. Some of them made like one classic joint and it got some play and then, you know, they just kind of faded away. Like, I'll go listen to some MC Hammer pumps in a bump <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all remember when that pumps in the bump video came out, the, the original one where he was doing the house party in his little bikini thong? Oh, Jesus. That was like, that was like X-rated TV right there. It was like, what the hell is Hammer doing? Hammer done switched it all up, man. Yeah, Martha Wash. Yeah, that was the chick that was actually singing the song for CC uh, Music Factory. What was the name of their songs? I can't remember what the name of their big song was. Um, I remember everybody used to, used to play that shit all the time, though. We had some good days back then, man. There was a lot of good music back then. Trying to think who else, man. Queen Latifah, she was doing a thing back then too with her UNITY album. She had some cuts on that joint too. Tribe Called Quest, they was killing it. Busta Rhymes, oh Jesus. 1990s Busta Rhymes, oh Jesus. That dude was an animal back then. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about even for um, when, he was, when he did that song with Tribe, and then he came out and started doing his solo thing on his first album. Oh, G oh, Digital Underground, Sex Packets. I was playing that two weeks ago. I was just, I just happened to play Sex Packets two weeks ago. I remember I first heard Digital Underground. I think I, I think they came out like the late 80s, early 90s, or probably early 90s with Humpty Hump. But that Sex Packets song, oh, Jesus. That is a classic. That is a true classic. That song and, and uh, Do What You Like. Uh, uh, I see guys and girls dancing. Uh, do, do, do. My dad used to wear that song out back in the day. Now, as the record spins around, you recognize the sound. It's the underground. And do what you like. <laughs> they don't make music like that anymore, man. I don't know when the song's coming out. All I saw was they posted pictures. I don't know when it's coming out. It's probably coming out tomorrow. I don't know. I just saw it and decided to run my mouse so I get some views. Yeah, Digital Underground, that was, was the shit. That's how Tupac got his start with Digital Underground. He used to be a, he used to be a roadie. <laughs> be carrying their, they're carrying their, uh, their, their records and, and speakers around. I'm serious. That's how Tupac got started, in case y'all didn't know. He was a roadie slash backup dancer for Digital Underground. That's how he got his start in hip-hop. And then he started rapping, and they, they started halfway paying him attention, like, oh, okay. This little dude think he can rap. And next thing you know, boom, he became Tupac Shakur. Yeah, I get around. That's still a classic. I mean, Pac has some joints now. That's not even front. He had some joints, but I think, I think Pac was more known because of his 
his, I, th I think this dude had like multiple personalities. <laughs> he was just all over the place. You remember, I was alive back then. I, I remember this crap vividly. I was a teenager back then. We used to pay attention to this crap. Pocky was just all over the place, man. Like I said, he'd be on some poor righteous teacher crap one minute. Then he's super thugged out the next minute. He's telling you to keep your head up one minute. Then he's out here talking about he don't bang your, bang your wife. He was just all over the place, man. You didn't know what pock you were getting on, on any given day. And that was, that was the excitement and the allure about him because you got to remember, we didn't have social media. So all we heard was what was coming through the radio or on the TV or in the magazines. We didn't have, they weren't, they weren't running around with camera phones in their faces recording this stuff in real time. He was just all over the place. You didn't know, every time somebody said something about Pac, you was like, okay, what's going to happen? Because I remember when he first got shot in New York City at Quad Studios, and then a day or so later, he rolled himself out the wheelchair all bandaged up, and then when he got shot the second time in 1996, I was in 11th grade, everybody was like, oh, man, Pac going to be all right. Like, literally, that's what everybody was saying. He been shot before Pac gonna be all right. <laughs> Everybody said that, man. That's Pac, man. He been shot before. He'll be all right. Then he died. It was like, oh shit, that nigga died. Oh shit. <laughs> like, man, not Pac. Pac supposed to catch all the bullets. He ain't supposed to die. He, he a super thug. But he was just all over the place. He didn't know what Pac you was dealing with, man. So that that that, that was what made him exciting and attractive to where a lot of chicks dug him and a lot of dudes wanted to be like him or emulate him because you, you just didn't know who the hell you were dealing with. He said, Hail Mary. Hail Mary was I. Right. I mean, I liked it. It wasn't like, and I, I like I ain't mad at you, but he had a lot of joints before that. He had a lot. I mean, like I said, his Thug Life album. I love his Thug Life album. Especially that one song, uh, I would share the definition of balling, but now... Fuck yeah. Up up before the sunrise, first to hit the block. Little bad motherfucker with a pocket full of rocks. <laughs> oh, my dude. I like Pac, man. Any good new school rappers? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't really listen to it. I just, whatever I hear on the radio is kind of what I listen to now. I don't, I'm not out there researching rappers. I don't stay up to date with them. Everybody's going to name Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. It's like, eh, I don't really keep up with it anymore, man. To be honest with you, I just don't. The music, it, it all sounds the same. I don't know who's who anymore. Like you turn on the radio, I can't tell who's rapping from who. Like when I was in a barbershop, they play a lot because they got a lot of young dudes that cut hair at this barbershop I go to. All they play is this new music. Dude, I don't know. Every, every rapper that comes on, I, th I think I'm listening to just one long album because I think it's just the same dude. It could be like three or four different dudes who rapped, but they all sound identical. I can't tell them apart. As I was saying, back in the 90s, you can easily tell rappers apart because nobody wanted to sound like everybody else. It was a sin in hip-hop to sound like somebody else. That's why when, um, what's his face? Um, what's that white dude from New York that sounds like Ghostface Killer? Bruno, uh, not I'm about to say Bruno Mars. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about, that white chubby dude. He can really rap, 
But when he raps, people, people swear it's Ghostface Killer because they have a very similar style. And Ghostface got offended by that because this dude, because this dude came out and said that he was better than Ghost, even though he initially Action Bronson, that's who it is. Action Bronson praised Ghostface Killer. And then one day he said something slick about Ghostface. And Ghostface came at him. It was like, dude, you got your whole style for me. Like you listen to Action Bronson rap, you would swear that this was Ghostface Killer rapping. Like their styles are identical. But that was a sin back in the day. You didn't want to sound like nobody else. Nowadays, if you don't sound like who's ever hot, you're not going to get put on. So, like I said, when I listen to the radio now, dude, I got to hit that little app on my phone. You know, the one where, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you hit the little button and then it starts listening to the music and it'll tell you who the artist is that's singing. Because I don't know who's who. They all literally, yeah, Shazam, they all literally sound alike. I can't tell who's who anymore. I mean, their, their, their melody, their flow, the pitch, it just, I don't know who's who. So I couldn't tell you who's hot. They all sound alike. I do like that one song. What is that? Oh, Travis Scott's tonight. I like that one song. What's that song that dude made that song called The Box or something like that? I can't think of how the damn song goes, but I kind of like that song a little bit. But I don't heard it so much. I ain't got no choice but to like it. These things just hanging out, man. These little ugly things be hanging out on my freaking screen every night. Yeah, Roddy, yeah, Roddy Rich. I like that song. But I hear it so much. But I mean it's actually a nice, a nice song. It has a nice little beat. Dude, well, it's another one. Dude, they, they just be hanging out, man. Like, he'll be up here. This one's probably been up here for about three days. I haven't seen him come off this thing in like three days. So I don't know how he's surviving. <laughs> he just up here chilling. And he could chill there as long as he don't come on, on the inside. You know what I'm saying? He could chill out there all he wants. Say southern rappers sound the same. Who said that? Who said southern rappers sound like? Oh, you talking about today's southern rappers? Yeah, because even southern rappers from the 90s, they sounded different. UGK had a completely different style from 8-Ball, MJG, all that crap. Trick Daddy had his own style. Trick Daddy's style was so unique. Y'all know who used to bite Trick Daddy back in the day? Guess who started their career off in rap sounding like Trick Daddy? Any, any of y'all want to take a guess? 
a real popular rapper today, really big. He started his career off where he sounded, he was biting Trick Daddy's style and how Trick Daddy rhymed in his flow. Take a guess. All right, y'all typing too slow. Young Jeezy. <laughs> go, list, go look up Young Jeezy, what he used to call himself before he transformed his name to Young Jeezy. I think he called himself Lil G or something like that. His style of rap mimicked Trick Daddy, as in literally. literally. Yeah, Young Jeezy. Go look him up. Yeah, Lil J. That was his, that was his original name, was Lil J. Go look him up and go look up his early songs. He literally rapped like Trick Daddy. His whole style and delivery was like Trick Daddy. But he said Trick Daddy was his favorite rapper at the time, too, so it made sense. But go look it up. I ain't lying. He based his style off Trick Daddy back in the day. Before all of that, yeah, before all of that came out, y'all know how Trick Daddy, how he sound. You go listen to, uh, what was it, Thug, uh, Thug, two, what was it, Thug.com or whatever the heck, you know, you know Trick Daddy shit. How he had them, them weird high-pitched voices. That's how Young Jesus used to rap when he was calling himself Lil J. Go look it up. You might be able to find something out there on it. But a lot of rappers start off like that. You all you start off mimicking who your favorite rapper is until you find your true voice and how you want to sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at Lil Wayne. Y'all know who Lil Wayne's favorite rapper is? Lil Wayne's favorite rapper is Missy Elliott. Go listen to how Lil Wayne used to rap with all the crazy sound effects. Lil Wayne said he was trying to sound like Missy Elliott because that that's his favorite rapper. Yeah, I'm dead ass serious. Lil Wayne, he, yeah, he said. He said when he used to make all them sound effects, bling bling and all them crazy sound effects, he said it because he was trying to sound like Missy Elliott. That's, that's his favorite rapper. Same thing with Jay-Z. Go listen to Jay-Z when he used to rap back in the day. Jay-Z's favorite rapper was Jazz-O, his mentor. He used to rap just like him. Speed rapping and all that crap. So when you start off, a lot of rappers start off sounding like their favorite rapper until they find their own voice. Busta Rhymes. He used to, when he first started rapping, he said he used to try to mimic LL Cool J. Because that was his favorite rapper coming up till he found his own voice. So that's kind of how it is. What up, man? So, you know, that's how it is. Like I say, back then you had to you had to find your old voice. Now you just sound like everybody else and get put on. Yeah, we all we all do it. You know what I'm saying? I used to rap back in the day. I, I was never serious at it though, but I used to play around with it. I used to try to sound like whoever my favorite rapper was at the time. But obviously, I re I recognized early on I I wasn't good, so I never pursued anything with it. <laughs> 
I recognized that early. I was like, ugh, this really doesn't sound as good as I thought it did. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and read some of these books and try to get smart. I don't think I'll be a, I don't think I could be a rapper. This ain't gonna work. But you know. I gotta get ready to go. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do some work. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like singing in the shower. We all sound good when we sing in the shower. <laughs> That's how it was with me and rapping. I'd be sitting there with my little hairbrush, freestyling in front of the mirror to my raps I wrote. I thought I was a shit. Until I, until I let somebody else hear it one day, I was like, uh, you know what? I don't think this is gonna work for me. This is really kind of whack. Because <laughs> we used to, uh, I, did that in, I did that in middle school. Then when we got to high, uh, college, we used to have these ciphers all the time. We used to have these cats from New York. From, they used to go to Tuskegee. They used to always try to be like, yeah, we can out-rhyme y'all. Then one day I was outside smoking. I was high as shit. Somebody was like, freestyle. And they said, I, I, I freestyled for like five straight minutes. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm the shit. The problem was I was high as hell and everybody else was high, so my shit sounded amazing. Until <laughs> I sobered up, I was like, I don't think I can do this. This ain't gonna work. So I never took it seriously. But I know one guy who did. I told y'all, I went to college with Rich Boy. Throw some D's on it. Me and him, we used to go to college together. And uh, believe it or not, Rich Boy, he used to stay in uh, Russell Hall. And he used to have this roommate named Steve. And I knew Steve, and I met, I met Rich Boy through Steve. And then that's how me and Rich Boy became friends. But Steve, this dude was actually a legit lyricist, a legit rapper. Like, can rap his ass off, right? And then Steve, he ended up transferring to, a, to another university his sophomore year. And then I think sophomore year is when Rich Boy dropped out of Tuskegee. And then I seen him like two years, two or three years later. And that's when... Uh, he was like, I got a record deal. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I went overseas. This time I was in the Army, and I came back. And then this thing I know, Throw Some D's On It, was the number one song in America. I was like, get the fuck out of here. He really wasn't lying about this shit. But he couldn't rap his ass off. He couldn't rap to save his life when I first met him. And then he goes from that to having the number one song in America. Yeah, I like Rick Ross. Rick Ross is one of my favorite rappers, man. Yeah, me and Rich, me and Rich Boy. Because I remember Rich Boy, he, got, he actually got started. We used to go to, there's this other dude named TK. TK is from Pensacola. He used to make beats. He stayed across the hall from, uh, he, stayed, he stayed across the hall from uh, uh, Rich Boy and Steve. And TK used to make beats on his, uh, his computer, uh, on his uh, keyboard. Anyways. TK, he, he's from Pensacola, so he got to know, somehow, he linked up with Roy Jones Jr., and Roy Jones Jr. is from Pensacola, and he ended up selling some beats to Roy Jones Jr., so that kicked off TK's career in making beats, and then that led Rich Boy to doing songs, and then Rich Boy got into the game, and then he ended up linking up with some guys from Atlanta, um, whatever that dude's name is, DJ Polo, Polo the Don. And then that's how Throw Some D's on it came about. But 
It all started at Tuskegee University in Russell Hall with him learning how to push keys on a keyboard. Like I was there to witness it at the literal beginning stages. And I was like, there's no way in the world. I mean, like I said, at that time, this was like 98, 99. Dude, nobody ever thought that shit was gonna happen. We just thought, all right, we just niggas in the dorm making beats, like nothing serious. A couple years later, throw some D's on it, it's the biggest song in America. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I ain't spoke to him in a couple years. I spoke to him like three years ago. I ain't talked to Rich Boy in a couple, about a couple years. But I think he's still he out there making music somewhere, doing whatever he do. But he was telling me he had blew his first million dollars. He was like, dude, I got my first million. He's like, I tricked all that shit off. I was like, damn, nigga, you made a million and just blew it? He was like, fuck yeah, nigga, I was young. Hoes, like the number one song in the country. He was like, nigga, I tricked all that shit off, B. <laughs> he was like, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> I was like, all right. But I think he, he's straight, though. I think his father owned like a couple liquor stores in Mobile, Alabama. So, as a matter of fact, if you watch the video, throw some D's on it where they're standing on top of that building. That's actually his father's liquor store that they're standing on top of where they filmed that shot at. Well, I ain't spoke to him. Like I say, I've known, me and Rich Boy, I've known him since 1998. We went to college together before he was famous when he was just Maurice. That's his real name, Maurice Richards. And so I knew him freshman year in 1998 when we went to Tuskegee together. So I've known him for like over 20 years. Y'all know him because of the song. I knew him when he was just a skinny-ass freshman at Tuskegee who used to wear a lot of polo and drive this old school Oldsmobile that he used to have to cut it. We used to get into the car and you have to cut that motherfucker on and let it warm up for about five minutes before we pull it off <laughs> to go to the store. You know what I'm saying? So I've known this cat since uh, for like 22 years, but I ain't spoke to him in about three years though. We used to talk to each other on Facebook all the time. Yeah, I mean, he looked the same. I mean, like I say, like I, said, like I say, I keep saying, I, we met each other freshman year in college, 1998. So we were all goofy as hell at 18 years old, starting college. We all looked goofy as shit. You know what I'm saying? You go look at me, I was super skinny back then, goofy as hell. We all looked like that. But like I say, he had enough discipline to pursue this rap, and he ended up becoming a millionaire off of one song. I think he's like I say he blew. He said he blew his first million, but he made he made he made a lot of it back. But like I say, I think uh, his father owned some businesses, so I think that's where most of it. So I don't think he he got worried about money. Even if he never puts out a hit song again, he still got money. Who else have I met? Who else have I met? I met some other people too. I'm trying to think, who else? I met Gucci Man once. I, I don't. Uh, him and OJ the Juice Man. I met them years ago. Anyways, I'm about to bounce, so I just want to run my mouth. I got to go do some work because I got to go do something early in the morning. So y'all be safe and mark my words. Your man's Takashi Six Nine is going to be huge, whether you like him or not. Because this is a different era we live in. Y'all got to stop playing by the 90s rules. We're in the 2020s now. 
Shit's done changed, B. I right, peace.